Are we live? We are. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. We're, this is, uh, it's been a long time since I did this. Um, I'm still looking at make sure this is actually <coughs> recording. Um, AJ and I decided on the fly to try to record a podcast. Um, because she didn't get a chance to have her reflections after the after the tour. Um, David's in Seattle, heading back here. Julia is up north, waiting on the team. AJ and I hung back and took a day of rest and and did some regular work, <laughs> <laughs> and also got to process what we what we experienced. But for you, as somebody who helped plan this thing. Um, what did you, what were your, what's your, what's your general reflection of the whole thing? How do you, how do you feel after having a day to think about it? Uh, um, surprised that I pulled it off, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, I think this is probably the most ambitious thing that I've done because it didn't involve just me. It involved other folks and what they were going to learn and experience. And then of course, like, you know, the whole safety aspect of it, but um, yeah, this is probably the most ambitious project I've tried at CP. And so even the last day when folks were getting ready to fly out, it still hadn't really hit me. They're like, Oh snap. I actually completed the task. Mm. We kept everybody safe. We didn't lose anybody. Folks are, you know, sending in negative COVID uh, test results. Yeah. And so it's it's uh, I, just, I, I me too. I did. I know I just coughed a little bit. And if, you, if you cough a little bit today, it's kind of like what's going on. But yes, I am. I also had a negative COVID test. Same as me. Yeah. So there's there's a sense of accomplishment that I don't think I know how to process yet. Because mm. there's not a lot to compare this to. No. In your life. No. Have you ever done anything like this? No, I have not. Wow, that's so interesting. Um, and there's nothing. There's nothing um, in my life either that is equal to, to this kind of thing. You know, moving a bunch of people across the country. Um, and and this is not like the only thing. We're about to go do, We're go do more stuff. Do more stuff where we move people across the country, which is difficult by itself and also during COVID. Um, but this learning tour is, it, it was, it's not just a, a trip that was born out of nothing this came out of a lecture series that you and david did right yeah we did the um the lost cause lecture um we've done it i think twice now um and you know i i don't even really remember the exact impetus of the lost cause lecture i think i like discovered something and then talked to david about it and then we decided to you know do a lecture but um it's it's pretty amazing when you go on a learning tour like this the connective tissue between the days of enslavement, the remnants of enslavement from the black codes to Jim Crow and how all of that, even though those laws maybe are not on the books, but the kind of social um, factors that those laws created are still so very present. And so this learning tour was a pretty amazing opportunity to strengthen that connective tissue so that then when folks go into the work, they really understand why communities are either voting the way they are or redlined the way they are. Mm. And you can immediately, once you have the information and the resources, like make the connections of like, oh, I understand this is a remnant of a system mm-hmm. that we have been fighting um, since the beginning. Yeah, and I remember, so th- that's 
that's those are all great points. And you you made some of those. You and David made some of those together when you did your your, your lecture series. And it's this great look back and pull from history and move it all the way forward. And it was it was you, you guys have you've done it a couple times, right? That the lecture series is yeah. it online or is yeah. it is it available for everybody? I believe so. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> We'll, we'll check on that. We'll, we'll, we'll let y'all know. <laughs> uh, if you're super interested about it, I think it, by now you can, you know, message David or AJ and probably get uh, a link to it. It is, it's one of the best lecture series that CP's put out, the two of them together. Um, I won't tell you right now which one, um, which one of them does a better job, but there is. <laughs> There was a, there was a good back and forth, and there was some some uh, some some little competitiveness that mm-hmm. kind of raised the level of the whole thing. But it, it's it was a really great experience, and I think it that's what motivated this this tour to happen, kind of to try to do something like that uh, in real life. Um, it took a, a different turn though, because you wanted to to apply it to the state, right? You can't just jump. You can't do the same exact tour anywhere in America. Because initially you were going to Alabama. When it switched to Virginia, it became something totally different. What what is the what are the parts that were Virginia specific that w- were not going to be a part of the Alabama one? Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard of this small project uh, called the sixteen nineteen project <laughs> um, by this lady named Hannah Nicole Jones. Um, she's you know I don't know how many people know of her, but um, the sixteen nineteen project was probably the uh, jumping off point for me in my interest in colonial Virginia. Um, literally, enslavement was born in this space, both in its, the idea and also the, you know, its codification in law. And so what Virginia means to democracy, what Virginia means to the lineage of enslavement is unlike anything that you will find in any other states. The Alabamas and the Louisianas and the Georgias are definitely important in the, for the like overall story of the history of this country. But Virginia is like really the starting point. And for me, the way that I research is I always want to figure out how did this thing start? Who were the players? And that was the important aspect of really having the learning tour be about what did Virginia, how did Virginia start? Because even now we drove past the, um, we went to the Virginia state Capitol and there's construction and, you know, they have those like, sometimes mesh uh, like images that are on fences and construction sites. We see them in Seattle um, when Waterfront Seattle was being built, you know, they would have different facts and stuff. And we drove past one and it said, Virginia serving the people since 1619. Oh my And it's like, which people, (laughs) (laughs) which people were you serving in 1619? So imagine Virginia in 2021 being bold enough to put that in a space where so many people can see it and we all understand what was happening in 1619, thanks to folks like Anna Nicole Jones. And so that immediate juxtaposition between the past and the present is what makes Virginia so fascinating to me. And so you 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 had these these visits to these historical places um, that are tied to the birthplace of slavery, and then we also got to connect with with folks that are fighting the legacy of slavery. Um, talking about the advancement of the emancipation movement in formal spaces like in government with uh, with Senator Jennifer McClellan and out in the streets where where change is sparked, actually. Um, 
and you brought in folks that were involved in the BLM protests over over 2020. The, the the range of experiences, of emotions, of um, stories that even I I joined in the the back half that even I got to witness. It it was an evolution of our learning tours, and this is probably the the best one that we've ever put on. Kudos. Aww. Kudos, kudos. Well, <laughs> well done, well done. Thank you. But what was the, of all the all the these pieces, what was the part that was most compelling for you personally that you experienced? Because these things you you build these, you put them together. Yeah. And these the information is already like when you read it, you're blown away by it. Because I talk to you often and yeah. you're like yo <laughs> this is crazy <laughs> and that's before you even get a chance to go so so you're already wowed by this stuff and you and you've been here before you've been here before so you've already had these moments where you were personally kind of blown away so um you know you you share some some of the feelings that people have but you didn't have them exactly at the same time on the trip so w- was there a moment on the trip that you were like this is this is this means a lot to me and I'm I'm experiencing this live. Yeah, um I don't know how, I don't generally say it out loud, but I I am very hesitant to call myself a historian. I think um due to the way the educational system is built, it's like you have to have the certification in order for you to call yourself mm-hmm. the thing. Um and so I'm kind of a vigilante, uh, a Batman historian <laughs> if you would say. Um I'm kind of a rogue historian. Rogue. Yeah, but I wouldn't I wouldn't put the title of historian on myself. And so we were at the um, Emancipation Memorial on Brown's Island um, in Richmond, and uh, we were meeting with Senator McClellan Um, on the Emancipation Memorial. They have 10 figures, um, some from before the Civil War uh, ended and some from after. Um, And these are Virginia native Virginians who have done really amazing things um, in the fight and uh, push for emancipation. One of them happened to be, you know, a woman named uh, Mary Bowser, who I had randomly stumbled upon in one of my rabbit hole days um, and really took a took a, a personal uh, liking to. And so I tried to figure out every find everything I could find about her. And so Senator McClellan, you know, was talking to us about these folks and got to Mary Bowser. Wait, can you give us a, a little preview? You don't have to say exactly <laughs> her whole thing, but what yeah, like. Nah. What's the what's the the cliff's notes on Mary Bowser and why she's so cool? Yeah, Mary Bowser was born in, into uh, enslavement and then was quickly freed by the woman who owned her. The woman who owned her was a woman named Elizabeth Van Lu, who happened to be a Union spy in the mm. heart of the Confederacy, which is insane in and of itself. Mm-hmm. She eventually educated Mary Bowser because she realized how brilliant she was. And so imagine this woman who owned you at one point, owned you and your family, frees you, realizes your intellect, and then sends you off to school. The awesome part about Mary Bowser is she had an eidetic memory. And so, one, that simple fact shows the pure intellect that a lot of Black people had mm. and have now that is pushed to the side literally simply because of the color of their skin. So Mary Bowser then comes back. She joins the spy ring. And eventually, Elizabeth Van Lu was like, I have a way for us to spy in the White House of the Confederacy. Okay, that's it. That's enough. That's, enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good preview. Yeah, for sure. It is such a cool story. Uh, well, uh, there's other places where, where you go deeper on that. But that's, I mean, that is, there's going to be a movie about her at some so. point. I hope so. But you've been super excited about her uh, for a while now. So, there, so okay, go back to Jennifer yeah. McClellan. So Senator McClellan, you know, somebody in our in our 
group had asked a question about Mary Bowser. Um, and I had introduced myself earlier to Senator McClellan, um, you know, kind of told her that, you know, history was, was my thing on this trip um, and my role essentially on this trip. So we, uh, Senator McClellan then is responding to this question and then kind of pauses and looks at me and kind of gives me the go ahead to now continue and respond and expand on this question that she received. And it was that moment for me that I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was validating in a way that I hadn't expected that this, you know, senator who has been working on this emancipation memorial and, and working with other historians was comfortable enough to uh, kind of provide space for me to expand on that question. And so that was probably one of the most surprising moments um, for me in my reflection. Yeah, she she kind of like kicked it to you because you she answered the question a certain way or she she's talking about Mary Bowser for a while and then you chimed in with some additional facts <laughs> some additional because she was like we don't know beyond this and this and this and then you were like, well i've I, I read some extra stuff uh it was very cool it was it was very cool um and uh and that whole memorial what do you think generally about that about the memorial um <laughs> we had an interesting conversation you and i about this at the memorial because the the woman is holding up um, essentially the date of the uh, mm-hmm. reading of the Emancipation Proclamation, mm-hmm. January 1st, um, mm-hmm. 1863. And in my head, I was like, I would have preferred her holding the 13th Amendment because yeah. the 13th Amendment is actually what freed enslaved people, mm-hmm. whereas the Emancipation Proclamation was a military tax. We can get into that later. Mm-hmm. And so you and I had an interesting conversation about that because I was looking at it, again, from the perspective of, of somebody who understands history much deeper than the layperson. Yeah. And, you know, most folks understand the 13th Amendment now because of Ava DuVernay's 13th, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of folks who don't understand the importance of the Reconstruction Amendments, especially the 13th one, um, minus the loophole, um, mm-hmm. to the the freedom of black folks. And then you had an interesting reflection, which I think was important. <laughs> well, because I, I said this monument needs to be for, it needs to be accessible for people who who understand and also people who are like, um, all I know about slavery is Abraham Lincoln and Kuta uh, Kente, yeah. right? Yeah. And that, and these <laughs> these these valorized images, sometimes false images of of slavery, and what people want us to know versus yeah. what we actually know. And so, a monument like that has gotta serve the entire community, and then act as an entryway into learning more. And so, that's why when you walk up. The images, it's a, it's a, it's a brother in shackles, or he's, the shackles are falling off of his yeah. arms, and that's exactly what people want to see. They want to see that. So give them what they're looking for first, and what they remember from history, and then bring them in. And it does it immediately. Like the the other the other figure is a woman who she's not in shackles. You know, there's no like visual uh, 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 slave tropes like. Any, anywhere near her is a black woman in a dress what holding a baby and then you get to the thing that she's holding up in the air and, and so it kind of you you learn visually as you go and then when you get closer then you see the the individual stories of the people who actually participated in the emancipation movement for black folks and so that's the that's the the goal the goal is not to be 100% accurate is to like hit the high notes and start people on the journey. And then, you know, eventually, and Senator McClellan mentioned this, it's like we need people to to continue the movement. We need them to vote 
and take action. Um, so, so the tour, the tour is over. Folks are moving to the next phase. You, we're going to be knocking on doors soon. Um, so mentally we're shifting into this other space, but you've already, I think before the tour was over, you were already talking about the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so what, tell me, I know it's not formed yet, but let's start with like, what pieces of this tour are you going to continue on to the next one first? And then give us a preview of what the next tour you're thinking about is. Yeah. Um, you know, part of part of the reason this tour was set up the way it was with the range of folks we talked to and the range of experiences is because that's pretty much how I learn. Mm. I don't learn in a linear fashion, and I wanted to make the tour as inclusive as possible to folks who are at all levels, um, or at least as many levels as I could possibly fit um, in their journey, in their educational journey around enslavement um, and the movement for Black Lives. And so that's absolutely at the core of the learning tours is the learning tours have to be inclusive and accessible. So, you know, it's called a learning tour, not an I already know this information tour. And so it's, you know, we're going to have folks who have read the books and, and the articles and gone to the lectures. And this information is now presented, to, you know, the information needs to be able to be presented to them in a way that mm -hmm. is uh, still like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize that little piece of it, or I didn't know that little piece of it, and it adds to their already uh, wealth of knowledge. And also, there's going to be folks who have absolutely no idea um, half of the information or even three-fourths of the information that are going to be on the tour. So how do I create an environment where both those uh, levels feel comfortable mm -hmm. enough in participating in that space? You're essentially teaching, too, like multiple grades. Yeah, so I'm in a, a one-room schoolhouse yeah. with multiple grades. Yeah, and so for me... If I can't create an environment that is safe enough, then I need to figure out how to tweak that. And so whatever the next tour is going to be, that's going to be at the core of it is how do I create an environment, which is just an inclusive, essentially. Well, let me also say that for future participants, understand that you are in a, a one room schoolhouse. And so you may have a certain level of learning and understanding that's vastly different from other people in the room. But you got one teacher and one curriculum that's set up for everybody else and just be ready mentally um if you're you're curious about joining the next learning tour yeah and i mean the other part of it is is i want to make sure that people re realize that these are humans that went through these mm -hmm. right these are humans who did these really amazing things but still had families to take care of that still had you know moments of joy and laughter and camaraderie and friendship and family it wasn't just a bunch of machines working towards a specific goal. Mm -hmm. um, I always want to humanize history because it's really easy to to kind of read these folks as part of a data point. And so whatever the next tour is going to be, um, one is going to involve Dr. Scott. That's 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 go. a given. There you go. And two, um, I really want to make sure that history is not just some checkpoint, um, but is actually a living thing that folks understand that we all move through and we are all a part of. And if I can hit those two points then I feel like I'll be all right. Okay, you want to talk about what the next one is? Like, where? where? <laughs> sure. Um, we're going to Texas. Hey. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, we're going to go to Texas with Dr. Scott, um, and it's going to be part uh, kind of book launch for Dr. Scott. Um, and one of the awesome things is we're, we are working on um, gaining uh, access and also hopefully a meeting with the head of the Lyndon Baines Johnson uh, Library at the University of Texas, Austin. Um, if we can snag that, um, imagine us being able to talk to Dr. Peniel Joseph, who runs 
um, the uh, the library. Uh, so we're working. Wait, on I it. just realized that you don't use LBJ. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I do sometimes if it's like shorthand, but I usually yeah, Lyndon Baines Johnson. <laughs> I might I might just call him Lyndon B Johnson, but mm-hmm. yeah, I normally do. Yeah, I didn't even realize that because LBJ to me is LeBron James. <laughs> So whenever folks say LBJ, it like takes me a second to realize, oh, we're not talking about LeBron. Like, LeBron's not that old. No, he's not. The Mars in Texas. What is LeBron doing in Texas? The Voting Rights Act. What's happening? He does help with voting, though. He He does does help. Yeah, he does promote it. True. Okay, that sounds super exciting. There you go. Exactly. Um, That sounds super exciting. That's enough to to whet people's appetite. I hope so. Um, That is gonna. More news on that later. Don't don't worry. Don't look at the website. It's not there. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't had a chance to put it up yet. Um, still being fleshed out, but it is going to involve Dr. Terry Scott um, and some other fine folks in in Texas. Terry's home. Terry's home state. And so she's. Oh wait. Wait wait wait. When well, she go to she school? Went to, she went to school. That's right. Warren is. Warren is from there. Okay, so now we get real, now we get real personal. Yeah. Who's, who's Warren? Warren is her husband. Warren is her husband. They met at SMU. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I don't know if she wants us telling all this. Thing. She says it. It's not like I'm giving you this other detail. I'm not telling they you what They fell in love on a walk on the beach. No, I'm joking. Um, Actually, they were arguing over. Like, okay, okay, okay. Anyways, it's a sweet story, and it you'll is. learn about you'll learn on about te- on the Texas trip. Yeah, you it, and she'll you'll learn about some of her life, which will be which is worth that's totally worth going is learn some backstory on Dr. Terry Scott. Anyways, more information on that later. You're super excited about that tour. Oh, beyond. You have I I'm pretty sure actually you mentioned that to me months ago. I did. Um, as just an idea. So I'm excited that you're going to be able to do that. I love that you have this tour kind of behind you so you can pull from it now. And it's not it's not a theoretical thing. This Texas thing is like going to happen. So that's exciting. Um, also, David will be on that tour. Absolutely. Um, but uh, so look out for that, everybody. I think that's it. Oh, wait. You know what? What? We we got to talk about. Bob Zellner. <laughs> Ralph Zilmer. <laughs> Otherwise known as Ralph Zilmer, was a ask him that joke. Um, so Bob, Bob's a funny guy. He's hilarious. <laughs> Bob's a funny guy. Uh, and the, the, the really important thing there is not just that his, that's his personality. It's that um, to him, humor was essential to surviving mentally what he went through in the movement. And uh, he likes telling jokes a lot. And so he, and stories. And so stories of jokes in them is his, that's his, that was his favorite thing. Every night that he could, he told these stories of jokes in them. Um, And the the one that stood out to a lot of folks because (laughs) of, of its repetition is about the number 14. You wanna you wanna tell us just the short version of this? Yeah. Um. The the before I tell that story, I think it's important. Charles Charles kind of set this up in a, in a way. Um. When we think of the civil rights movement, a lot of the stories we hear are so violent. The the violence at the hands of police and mob and just mobs of white folks that these activists faced. Um. But that's not all the movement was. And so mm-hmm. Charles had you know asked him asked Dr. Bob like 
did you have fun? And he was like, oh, we well, had great times. Yeah, I said, I said, uh, I said, I, I know there's a lot of hard times, but I'm also hearing these, these like fun stories that you have with people. Was it more fun than not? Is that, was that, is that true to say that? And he said, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was, he's like, these hard stories, you know, they were, they were really tough and they were important, but this was not, we didn't go from hard thing to hard thing to hard thing. We had a ton of fun in between and we would not have been able to do it if we did not have as much fun as we had. Um, learning that Julian Bond is hilarious. was a, tr a trained comedian, <laughs> okay, and that they would practice on each other. And that, that a lot of the, the lessons that, that Bob Zellner has right now are from Julian Bond teaching him comedy, teaching him the actual art of comedy is, is one of the, the best lessons that I learned about levity, about balancing the hard stuff with, with some laughs and some good times. Um, but tell us this 14 thing, please. For sure. Um, this is definitely a much shorter version um, because Dr. Bob's <laughs> setup is one of the best setups to a story punchline that i've ever it's heard long. it's but like it's, 10 minutes it's a solid 10 minutes for like a 30 second like line of a joke and it sounds like it's gonna be this like deep yeah not like scary <laughs> stories like are we about to hear about julian bond getting beat up yeah and it ends up being something you know ridiculous so essentially dr bob was telling us that they were in greenwood um mississippi and um, whenever SNCC folks enter any neighborhood that they're setting up to do work, um, it's imperative for them to understand the ins and outs of the neighborhood. Um, obviously, for safety reasons, you know, routine and all of that stuff uh, is not possible. So most folks, you know, they kind of explore the area. And so this, you know, on this uh, event, uh, Julian Bond was asking the locals, like, you know, what's in this area? Mm -hmm. And the locals was like, the general neighborhood is safe, but don't go down this street and make mm -hmm. a left don't do it don't go down there there's you know bad stuff happens over there yeah there's an insane asylum there's an insane there. asylum over they there get don't out do sometimes. it sometimes yeah don't do it and oh and they, and they said there there is uh they say there's some occult yeah stuff so happening over there and so it's like it's sketchy none yeah. of the locals mess with it and so of course the very next day julian bond is like i'm gonna go and check it out <laughs> <laughs> and so julian bond is he walks down the street and he makes the left and he sees a tall fence tall wooden fence that he can't see over and he starts to hear chanting, 14, 14, 14. So now he's curious. He's like, what the hell? And the voices are getting, and it sounds like it's a big group of people. Mm -hmm. And so he's walking around the fence and he comes to a natural, he sees a natural kind of knot hole in the wood. And as he gets closer, the chanting gets louder, 14, 14, 14. And finally he just, he's like, I gotta see, I gotta see what's going on. So he looks into the knot hole and he gets poked in the eye. And then immediately they say, 15, 15, 15. And the way Dr. Bob tells that story, I mean, we laugh. And the thing also that I love about that story is Dr. Bob's oh, laugh is one of the happiest sounds oh. I have ever heard. It's like he's hearing it for the first time. Exactly. And also, I never really understood when somebody says, like, your eyes twinkle when you laugh. And yeah. with Dr. Bob, it's a pure, I mean, it's like, it's like the story, the laugh is coming from his deep within his it, gut and it's the lightest sound i've ever heard for somebody who's holding mm -hmm. as much heaviness you know dr bob suffers from severe ptsd because yeah. of what he survived in the movement but when you get him to laugh and tell a story like that i mean it's one of the best sounds you can possibly hear so yeah. i understand that this learning tour was difficult for folks i fully understand that i just have more practice with the information but it is heavy information and also 
if this learning tour has, if you participated in it, or even if you attend the lectures and you leave feeling kind of sad, you have to figure out a way to turn that into energy because then that sadness just sits in your bones and you don't do anything with it and it manifests in all these really different ways. And so for us, the importance for me of these learning tours is to provide people with this history and then spur them into action. Because if you learn all of these amazing people, about all of these amazing people who have survived all these horrible things and all you leave is with the sadness of it and you are not spurred into action, then I'm not really sure how this learning tool was beneficial for you because mm -hmm. you could have read all of this you know, in books and such. And yeah. so what I'm hoping is the next learning tour, which is going to be difficult. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Texas is hard, especially because we'll be focusing on, you know, well, some of it will be talking about Dr. Scott's book, which is literally on lynching, right? And so what I'm hoping folks do is they find ways to take that energy that sometimes can be coursing through us that can be really heavy and say, okay, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to honor me receiving this information, me receiving these lessons, and put it towards something that literally gets us to a more yeah. just and inclusive democracy. Yeah, let me just say, I got in trouble for saying that to somebody on the tour. And um, I just want everybody to know I'm not going to stop. That's my job. My literal job is to get people from feeling something to doing something. And so if that's a problem, <laughs> if some, anybody has a problem with me saying that or with any of us delivering that message to you, um, that's going to be tough for you to stay in CP. CP is all about literally action. Democracy is a verb. It's about, it's about being activated and educated and then taking that and taking action. And our job is to shepherd folks from one to the other, not just to sit in one. You got to do both. And you that's why the community is so important. That's why we don't do this by ourselves because it right. is almost impossible to function in the space with all this history and information by yourself. That's right. And that's also why we laugh a All lot because <laughs> <laughs> you got to laugh. We learned that from uh, the folks who came before us and we love doing it. So uh, come with us, go through some hard stuff, be activated, learn a lot, and then come to work with us and laugh your ass off and have, have fun doing it. And this is the way we continue to work. It's that cycle, rinse and repeat. That's CP. Yep. So see you in Texas. All right.